you've walked through a transitional moment in your life, how will you respond? God could have used anyone. He didn't really need Jonah. Right. He wanted Jonah. He wants your heart. Yep. He wants victory for you by taking in your heart. Because of our need for validation from people, we missed out on God wants us. Right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Brim Podcast. My name is Cam. I am the youth director here at Elevation Matthews, and I'm here with my guy, Pastor Philip Wagnon. What's up? We've been rocking with y'all for a little bit. Like we said, this is episode number eight. Come on. Episode number eight. We have a special announcement for y'all. If you have been watching our videos, if you've been tapped in with us for a little bit, we are actually having a what we call a serve one worship night that's happening next week wednesday at our elevation matthews campus so if you call matthews home if you want to come and meet us in person however you feel like you need to get connected to this night we would love to see you there we'd love to worship with you and we're going to be digging in a little bit with some of the stuff that we've been talking about with the ways that we handle transition with how we see how god is going to move within our life we'll be digging into some of that on this worship night as well so bring a friend and we want to see you there but Philip, go ahead and give us an overview. We've been chatting for a little bit um, on these episodes about how to handle transition well. Um, give us a brief overview for those people who are probably just tapping in with us. All right. So we started off a five-week series on walking through transitions. Uh, we started off by talking about the importance of remembering that God is always with you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've experienced, no matter how bad that season was or bad that report was, God is always with you and that you need to remember that. Uh, next, we talked about the importance of allowing God to renew our minds, so spending time in renewal. Then it's important to just rest. Some of right. that's super practical because when you've gone through something, your your brain goes to a different space and you're emotional, and so you're not necessarily able to uh, make decisions effectively because the logical decision-making side of your brain is shut off. So just very practically, take time to rest, but also Absolutely. build those rhythms uh, spend time with God. It's it's so, so important. And last week, I got to um, talk about the need for revelation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we walk through something, we see it in a certain way, and it takes an act of God for some of us sure. that, that he would reveal to us a deeper meaning with what we went through, with what we walked through. So taking time to focus on God and allow him to bring revelation to our minds. As a final thing... We're really coming to this place where we wanted to ask this question. After hopefully you've walked through all these steps, sometimes we don't walk through all of these things, and those are not necessarily like do them one, two, three in order. Right. Those are just things we're saying you could do along the way that would be helpful. But when you've walked through a transitional moment in your life, how will you respond? Respond. That's the final thing that we wanted to talk about today is your response to the thing that you walked through. And really how you respond to that situation determines how successful you're going to be in life. Mm -hmm. It determines whether or not you're going to walk out the call that God has on your life. Right. It determines whether or not you're going to experience life with joy and with fulfillment, or will you experience it with anger, frustration, and bitterness. Right. And as we're talking about this topic of respond, when we're looking at the Bible, one of the many people, obviously, 
everyone in the Bible has had some sort of response, whether it was an indecision, whether it was to move with God, whether it was to move without God, everybody has made a decision. But one of the people that we really wanted to highlight was Jonah. Now, Jonah is only four chapters. So this is a very, very uh, simple read. The reason why I say it's not easy is because you really have to dig deep into the context of Jonah to really feel the weight of this story. So just a little bit of an overview, God calls Jonah um, to go to this place called Nineveh to preach his gospel, to let the people know that God is looking after them um, and destruction is kind of on their way. Jonah doesn't necessarily like the people of Nineveh. Some people would believe that he has a sort of prejudice because of the cultural context between the two people groups, and it's a little bit messy. So Jonah, just like a lot of us would whenever we're mad at God or we don't want to follow his command, we go the other way. Uh, uh, some of you guys went through VBS and Bible school. Jonah went into the belly of a whale. We don't know that it's a whale. We really don't know that. It's a big fish. It's a big fish. So uh, he gets trapped into this fish cries back out to God, um, and then he goes to preach God's word. And he goes through these two uh, different ways of responding by following God with a sense of uh, respect and honor, and I'm just going to do it. But still a little bit of the prejudice is held on to him when he does see that the people actually find God at the end of the day. And the book of Jonah doesn't end out pretty. It's not sunshine. It's not rainbows. It's not anything like that. But I think that the reality of what the Bible shows us is that a lot of times in our life, it's not always sunshine. It's not always rainbows. It's not always easy. It's not always what we want. But what can we learn from this type of story? And today we really want to dig into the importance of responding and what happens when we don't respond. Yeah. What, what I kind of love about the book of Jonah is it leaves off in a space, like the very last line, it leaves us kind of with a, oh, well, what happened next? Right. Where does it go from there? <laughs> right. Which I like that in some ways because that's the way every one of our lives is right now. Right. What's going to happen next? If you're in the middle of a transition or maybe you feel like you're at the tail end of it and you've processed through it really well, well, your life is still moving forward. So what happens next? What's, what's the next step? So part of me really likes that. But Jonah is an interesting case because we're going to look at him mostly in the way of saying this is this is how you shouldn't respond mm -hmm. when you walk through some of these difficulties in life. This is the way you shouldn't do it. And I, I, I mean, a lot of my life I spent learning from leaders where it was like, I, I always say this, I, I learned how to lead by the example of what, what not, not to, to do. do. Absolutely. Or, or the way that situation made me feel. Right. Well, now all of a sudden I'm like, I don't want other people to feel that way right? or to feel the way that I felt when that leader treated me that way. I don't want other people to experience that. So I oftentimes learn from what not to do. It really wasn't until I came to Elevation and I started to, not in every situation, but I started to watch our leaders. I started to watch Pastor Stephen. That suddenly I had an example of somebody who didn't always get it right, mm -hmm. but always fought to do the right thing. Absolutely. And who was willing to step in the middle of a situation when he failed or when other leaders in, in our church fail, because we're all going to do it. That's reality. We're all going to fail at different times. But are you willing to acknowledge that and say, all right, man, I screwed up. Because some of our transitional moments aren't necessarily things that happened to us. Mm -hmm. They're decisions that we made where we failed, we did something wrong, and now... How are you going to respond to that situation? I love 
that I have uh, an example in Pastor Stephen of somebody who doesn't always get it right, but continues to fight forward in order to move the mission forward. Absolutely. And the truth is he gets it right a lot of the time. So I'm sure. um, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's the best pastor that we have. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. But it, it's so interesting. And I love the fact that you brought up, um, even within leadership, you can make some of these uh, decisions. You can respond in a way that may not even be the best. But one thing that I find and I value, and I even see this even within you, is like, uh, there is not a sense of pride that says, I'm going to do everything right. Um, and everything that I do, you need to follow me. I think the maturest leaders are the ones that say, you know what, I may not get it right, but we fail forward, we learn. And if there is something within me that is like, uh, I don't really know how I feel about that, learn from that and become a better person. I think that's the truest, most genuine side of leadership. Um, the only person that didn't have that problem was Jesus, because evidently he's perfect. But even everyone that we see, it's so easy to look at the story of Jonah and be like, I will never be like Jonah, and I'm never going to get anything from this story. But I think a lot of times the value of some of the stories that we read, especially within scripture and within the leadership within your life, is the fact that you can look at this and say, maybe I don't agree with it a certain way, but I will learn from it because God is still using everything that I'm going through. Yeah. Good, bad, neutral, whatever you would claim it as for his glory and for you to move forward into the promise that he has for you. Yeah. So how will you respond? This is what we're going to come down to today and we want you to wrestle with is when you respond to whatever that is that you're walking through, will you allow it to make you bitter? Or will you allow God to use that situation to make you better? We wrestle with this for a little bit because a lot of us walk through things that uh, we're not necessarily happy that we went through that situation because it wasn't a good situation. So when we walk through certain things, we wouldn't necessarily say, I am so glad that situation happened to me. Because a lot of us walk through really, really difficult things. We've got things that I walked through in my past that I would rather have not walked through them. Absolutely. But if I allow them to make me bitter, I remain stuck in that situation. I, As you take time to process through them, and as I took time to process through those situations, I have allowed God to use them to make me better. And now I can help more people because of that. Right. I'm not sitting in bitterness. Right. I've allowed those situations to make me better. And this is really where we see Jonah. Mm-hmm. He's asked to go to the people of Nineveh and he becomes bitter about it. I don't know why, like many of us just dream that God would give us something to do. Could you imagine if you had that much clarity on what God was calling you to do? One of the hardest no. parts of <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> one, one of the hardest parts about our job is that uh, I'll, I'll tell people this: that come and ask me, "Hey, so what's the hardest part about your job?" And I say, "Knowing what to do next." Right, the unknown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're we're leading people, we're pastoring people, and sometimes you just don't know what to do next. Here, Jonah has a word from God, and he gets bitter about it. Right. Now, I guess there are some things that God could ask me to do, and um, and maybe I would get bitter about them, but as of yet, God has not spoken to me in that way, so I'd, I'd love it, Lord. If you just if you want to speak to me and give me that level of clarity, Oof. I'd like to try it. I'd like to try it. That's a prayer. I'm telling you, I like, bring it on. Bring it on. I'd like to try it. I love the faith you have. All right, here's the deal. So he gets bitter. His bitterness causes him to become 
reckless. Right. He chooses to run from God, jump on a boat that he now knows that he's endangering other people because mm-hmm. he's running from God. All right. Jonah is a prophet, okay? He knows that he is running from what God has asked him to do, and he's endangering everybody around. He's aware of this. Mm -hmm. So he becomes reckless. Things don't go well. It's a storm. What happens is God drives him into isolation because of his recklessness. So like Cam mentioned earlier, all of a sudden he's in the belly of a fish, right? He's in a moment of isolation. Sometimes when you walk through something hard and you don't respond in the right way, God forces you to a place of isolation. And we read in Jonah chapter two that he starts to repent. He cries out to God and he says, what I've done is wrong. And, and God restores him, has, right. has the fish spit him out. What does God do next? Gives him the same exact word, mm-hmm. the same exact thing to do. Right. Nothing different. Nothing changed. The same exact thing I told you before the belly of the fish. Go back and reach those same people. I really wonder in Jonah's perspective if he actually had a heart for Nineveh after coming out of the fish. Because, we again, we see him go and preach the word and the land and the people are restored. And then he's bitter at God again. Like, I knew that you would restore these people, God. Yeah, that's what's crazy about this to me is... In this situation, I think God was after Jonah's heart. Mm -hmm. Like, I think God is after your heart, even though you walk through something terrible, because we live in a fallen world. We know that that situation was not right. We know those emotions and those things you're experiencing. That's not right. It's not what God intended. Right. But I think God is after your heart. And that's the thing that I think that God was trying to get to, to Jonah with is like, hey, where's your heart? And he just tend to go to that space of bitterness. Right. Because even as we were processing through this same story, God could have used anyone. Didn't really need Jonah. Right. He wanted Jonah. He He wanted him. He knew that the land of Nineveh would be restored had they just repented. Yeah. It didn't need to come from Jonah. Yeah. But I think that God knew that Jonah's heart was the thing that he wanted as well as a whole land to be restored. And the hardest part was not restoring the land. It was restoring the heart of Jonah. Oh man, that's a word right there. It was much harder for Jonah's heart to be restored than for God to save 120,000 people. people. God could have done that. No problem. God can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants, but for Jonah's heart to be restored, man, that's, that's crazy. Many of us are in situations where we walk through something with some people and we needed them to need us. Mm -hmm. And we're in that space and it drives us to bitterness when we feel like they don't need us. Yes. So when they pushed us off or when they decided to go a different direction, because of our need for validation from people, we missed out on God wants us. Right. He desi- He doesn't need us, but he wants us. Right. And I think even as I look back in my personal life, I think I've shared this on the pod before, but for me and my household, our word for this year is desire, mm-hmm. that God has given us everything that we need, but whatever you want, that is the tension that you now have to wrestle with. And it does come back to the reflection of the father that God is saying, I have all that I need. Yeah. 
I have angels surrounding my throne room all day and all night singing, holy, holy. Yep. Am I, like, I am who I am. I, I have everything I need. What I want is your heart. That is why I sent my son. That is why I've called you. That is why I have you on this journey. That is why you're in this transition. It's not for you to get to a specific place physically, but that you would be able to give me your heart in every season that you walk through. Right. So Jonah ends up walking through this same exact cycle once again. Okay. He's spit up by the fish. God says, I need you to go back, go to Nineveh, do what I asked you to do this time. And the Ninevites are saved. Jonah becomes bitter about it once again. Mm -hmm. He then starts to argue with God and says, I knew you were going to do this. I knew that you were a merciful God. He argues with God and says, just kill me. Yep. If you were going to do this, just kill me. So that's him becoming reckless. reckless. And then Jonah goes to a place of isolation after that. Mm -hmm. It's a cycle. Same exact cycle. Bitterness, become reckless, and then you find yourself in isolation. And I think the reason that some of this happened is when you become bitter over different things, you start to become desensitized mm -hmm. to the reality of the situation Absolutely. because you're, you're harboring all of this pain and you're harboring all this and, and that doesn't feel good. So you're like, man, I need to get away from this. And you become desensitized to what is going on in people's lives. Right. That leads you to being reckless. Why? Because genuinely you want to feel something. Even though you numbed yourself. Yeah. Right. Even though you numbed yourself, the desire to feel something good arises back up. Yeah. But because you're numb, you're just doing anything to get any kind of feeling. Yeah, I think this is why people are so prone towards chasing after drama. Mm -hmm. Because they, we get into our lives and it doesn't go the way that we <clears throat> expected for it to go. And all of a sudden, it's like, I don't feel anything. This relationship doesn't make me feel like I expected it to make me feel. Right. Or this new car doesn't make me feel like I expected it to make me feel. Right. And so we go chasing after drama because the feeling of anger or the feeling of sorrow or the feeling of some of those strong emotions is better than the feeling of nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Or having to deal with the pain that my bitterness is responding to. Yeah. Yeah. And so then what that leads you to is a place of isolation mm -hmm. where you start to avoid any other situation that would bring you remotely close to feeling that way again. That's why it's a cycle mm -hmm. that you repeat it over and over and over. And we're in that space where that's what Jonah was dealing with. Right. And like I said, it doesn't end off to a point where he's, where the Bible tells us God gave his, uh, Jonah gave his heart completely to God at the end. It literally ends off with Jonah at the end of this cycle of isolation. Once again, he's in this uh, space where he's with a plant and the worm eats the plant and he's mad and it just ends off. But that same space is very similar to the same space of the belly of the fish. Yeah. And the moment that you realize that your response matters, you will then be able to break cycles for you. You'll be an example for other people of because of my response, this is how God not only heals my broken parts, my bitter parts, but that he actually has access to my heart and to do something fresh through me. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, that ending gives me so much hope because it's not over for Jonah. Right. Doesn't say they died. Doesn't say that God was done with him. 
He's kind of left in his bitterness. He's just left there. Yeah. But it's not over for him. Right. Just like many of us. Mm-hmm. It's not over for you. Right. You might still be living in that thing. You don't know what the future holds. Absolutely. But it's not over for you. God still wants you. Yes. He wants your heart so bad. Like, that's the beautiful thing about our Savior is there is nothing that we could have gone through through or no period of time that we could have run from him. Absolutely. That he is not ready, willing, and wanting to just turn and embrace. Yeah. Like... And and this is an Old Testament example of this, but many of us know the Apostle Paul, all of the books that he's written. I actually have this scripture that I wanted to even share. Um, it's a little bit uh, later in the Bible. This is in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Mm. This is the part that's interesting. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. And then Paul continues to say, no, despite all of these things, catch this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. It's great. Who loved us. He wants your heart. Yeah. He wants victory for you by taking in your heart, having your heart, having all of who you are. That's beautiful. Man, I love that. Um, we could actually go on this for quite a while and, sure. and, and break down some of this stuff. I feel like I say that all the time. We, you and I could just talk forever. About we could. This. It could be a three-hour pod if we wanted to. <laughs> it really could. Um, but the question today is, how will you respond? Yeah, you can go through those moments of remembering God's faithfulness, taking time for your thoughts to be renewed and for God to reveal to you. Take time to rest and just be in his presence. Don't feel rushed to move forward, but just rest. But now, how will you respond? Are you going to run like Jonah? Are you just going to sit around and wait? Or will you respond and pick back up the mantle that God has for you? Right. This is the Brim Podcast, where we fill it to the brim. Hope to see you guys soon. Share, like, comment on this video. Send it to someone who needs to figure out how do I respond in the midst of this transition. We hope this is helpful. We'll see you guys soon.